Hi everyone, welcome back to Astrology and You. I'm Alice. And I'm Maxine, and today we're going to be answering your career questions. Yes, so um, we had people submit astrology-related career and work questions in the podcast episode we did last week, and we've selected our favorite eight. We got so many good questions, though, so thank you to everyone who submitted. Yeah, thank you so much. And it's it's just cool to, I mean, we we tried to use as many questions as we could. And if you didn't get yours answered, it's maybe included in some of these. Yeah, we did like a mix of birth chart, like what to know about maybe core career interests based on your birth chart, and then also transits that you can look at for career change. So definitely two parts to this episode. Yeah, and also just at the start of the episode, we did want to address, I feel like a lot of people when talking about career astrology, trying to find something that really fulfills you, we, you know, you'll just look at your 10th house or the midheaven, but there's so much more to that. So hopefully this episode will, you know, just make you more aware of that. Yeah, like you're really taking your entire chart into consideration and you'll see as we go about it, like there's so many different elements to consider. Um But first, we have a major update that came from the full moon in Pisces the other day. So to backtrack a little, Maxine and I often look at our composite chart, which is so great. It's a we need to do a whole episode on the composite chart, basically. But it's when you take the chart of one person and another person. So in a partnership, this could be romantic friendship, whatever, and you combine them and it shows a brand new chart that's like the midpoints of both charts combined. So for instance, Maxine has a Taurus sun. I have an Aquarius sun. The sign like halfway in between those is Pisces. So in our composite chart, we actually have a Pisces sun. Um, And it's... Go on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I was going to say also the composite chart. I always like in readings, I'll share it with people as it's as if two charts had a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just a mixing of those charts. And then you come up with this whole different chart that shows different potentials based on that partnership. Yeah. And transits to the composite chart, just as you would read transits to a birth chart. But when they trigger, when transits trigger parts of the composite chart, you can really show when there's maybe an important development that happens in within the relationship or when you're spending more time with the other person. So going back to the full moon in Pisces and why we're even talking about this is because it landed on our composite Pisces sun and right after we got our first ever sponsor for this podcast. Yes. Yay. And we're so excited too, because it's such an aligned um, partnership or sponsorship. So we're really looking forward to sharing this with you. Yes. So um, here is a note from our first ever sponsor. Our sponsor of this episode is astrology.com. Yes, I love them. I've worked with them several times before on Instagram, and they're such a great resource for learning more about astrology in general. Like They have a lot of free articles and horoscopes on their website, as well as a few astrology reports you can purchase. So just in time for the start of Libra season and the fall equinox coming up on September 22nd, they've come out with a fall equinox report, which we want to share about with you guys. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to the equinox just because it marks the start of Libra season and it really helps you just usher in this new chapter for Libra season, Scorpio season, and Sagittarius season. Yeah, so with this report, once you purchase it, you'll receive it immediately by email, digital copy sent right to you. Um, And it goes through all 12 signs and what you can expect for Libra, Scorpio, and Sagittarius season starting on September 22nd. So it's basically like telling you what transits are happening to your chart for the next three months, like a mini reading you would get with an astrologer. Yeah. And what's great is you could read it for your rising sign, your sun or moon, or even check for other people in your life, like what's coming up for them, big things in store. Yeah. Like if you want to check for your crush to see like what's going on in their life or if someone's (laughs) been acting weird with you um you can like see like okay what's going on for them so you can definitely sneakily check up on other people with this report yeah and it also includes rituals for each sign as well because this is a really spiritual transit as well 
Yeah. And there's also no super complicated technical astrology terms. It's really straightforward, easy to read. This is what you can expect throughout the fall for your sign. Yeah. So if that interests you and you want to learn more, the link to get your fall equinox report is going to be in the show notes for you. And you can use the code AAY25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's AAY25 for 25% off. Yeah, and that's just for our listeners. So if you're interested, click the link below and apply the code to get yours. Okay, so getting into it again, like Alice said at the start, we have eight questions that we've chosen to answer. The first ones will be about birth chart and then we'll get into transits. All right, so first up we have the question, what types of careers do you usually suggest for the different elements on the cusps of the second, sixth, and 10th houses? So this is looking at your birth chart and looking to see the houses that are called the workhouses commonly. So that will be the second, sixth, and 10th house they'll all have the same element zodiac sign, which we'll get into and like describe to you and go through each. Um, But yeah, it really can speak a lot to why you do what you do and what attracts you in jobs. Yeah, like what do you want to feel out of your career? What's the most fulfilling to you? Um, Yeah. So yeah, to start off with, we're going to start with the firework houses. So this would be if you have a Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces rising, all of your workhouses are going to fall in the element of fire. Yeah. And what we wanted to stress here again is, you know, it's not going to say, okay, these are specific jobs that you have to do. It's not limiting. It's just telling you more so like, you know, anyone could be a teacher, but how will you teach or what do you kind of, how will you express that job itself? Or like, what do you want to get out of it? So yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like rather than focusing on specific career paths or specific job titles, we just want to give like your approach to work and what you want to, what do you want to get out of it? Yeah. So Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces Risings, you guys, I think one thing I really notice is you need to let your personality um, show in whatever you do for career. Be really expressive and bring energy into, into your career and really let yourself be proud of what you do. Yeah. When I think of like fire ruled workhouses, I think of people that like aren't afraid to take career risks. They also need a lot of like they, they like to like initiate new experiences. Creativity is really spot on because like one of those houses specifically is going to be ruled by Leo. And that's like one of the most creative signs in the Zodiac. So oftentimes maybe elements of like um, film or fashion or design will play into work as well. Mm, yeah. Or like the I arts. That point too. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's this element of competitiveness when it comes to job. I notice jobs. I notice people with firework houses just feel like they really want to be the best at what they do or they really, you know, are motivated by improving themselves career wise a lot. Maybe also finding it hard to like take orders from other people. Like I'm thinking of just like Aries <laughs> ruling one of the workhouses. That's going to be like, no, this needs to, I need to work independently. I need to have this control over my job and I don't want to take orders from someone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being a little more impatient, I would say, is also part of that. And sometimes maybe feeling a little restless at your job if you feel like, you know, it's a little too like mundane every day in, day out. Same thing. Yeah. Like need to constantly be learning something new or starting new projects because there is that element of like, I'm already bored. I can't do the same thing every single day, day in and day out. Yeah, or even physically, like needing to be energized or do something that you get to move around a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I would say like this is fire on the work sign houses is really great for being like your own boss, like being an entrepreneur, because you can really like make up your schedule um, and have a lot of freedom with how you go about your work. Mm, Yeah, or at least having some degree of independence or control over what you're doing on the job. Yeah, One last thing I would say is like strong leadership potential too, because I feel like they bring a lot of like enthusiasm to their work and can be like very inspiring, like the energy they have surrounding their career. Yeah. Okay. So that is fire workhouses. (laughs) (laughs) So next up, let's do, we'll just go to earth workhouses next. So this is if you are an Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius rising. 
Okay, yeah. So this would include me. I think what I noticed the most, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think what I noticed the most is like I can work really hard and it's yeah. all about like the little steps taking you to the bigger goal. Like I feel like when you have your work houses in earth, you can see the bigger picture and know that like you're, you need to just like feel like you're working towards something that's actually producing results and you're making progress and maybe reaching a certain status within your field. Like, cause Capricorn, yes. Capricorn specifically is all about like having, um, like achieving a level of like importance or recognition. So having that rule, one of the workhouses, if you're a fire rising means that you strive probably to be someone important within your career. Mm, yeah. Your reputation or that public image that you want to achieve through your work might be something that motivates you for sure. And also I, I just noticed you said at the start, like you work really hard. Honestly, I feel like these people are powerhouses when it comes to just like <laughs> sticking with something and just really being very set in like, oh, I made up my mind that I'm going to do this. So I need to kind of like work in, you know, toward my goal. So I, I don't know. I think that's one thing I really admire about that approach to work. Yeah, like I can be wishy-washy in some other areas of my life, but with with career, it's always like I've always known what I wanted to do and how I'm going to get there and the best approach and being very strategic about career goals and how you're going to go about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Str strategic and also being very practical or having good business sense as well. Mm -hmm. I would also say like needing kind of a hands-on approach sometimes to work. And it's like you want to see that the everyday like tasks you're doing are resulting in something concrete. I don't know if that's making sense, but it's like, I like to yeah. see that the effort I'm putting in, I'm like immediately seeing results from that. And it's all because of like what I'm doing. So for instance, like working at a bigger company where you're maybe not seeing like the immediate results of like what your day in and day out work is like that was never fulfilling. It's more like I need to see it like here and now. Mm, yeah, or I think that's just the nature of the earth science being so materially oriented, you mm -hmm, know, like mm -hmm. seeing things come concrete in that way. Yeah, funny you mentioned that because also like I feel like money is such a motivating factor with workhouses. Yeah. It's like I want to be someone important. I want to make a lot of money. Mm, yeah, I love that you say that so plainly because I really think it is sometimes that simple, you know, mm -hmm. for for that specific signature in a chart. Yeah. But yeah, like how we said, like fire sign workhouses have this element of creativity just because you have workhouse. Wor sorry, just because you have earth sign ruled workhouses doesn't mean you aren't creative either. Like you definitely have Taurus ruling one of yeah. those, um, either your second, sixth or 10th. So that definitely brings in um, creative elements. So kind of just w going back to what we were saying at the beginning of the episode, that your career isn't limited by like having a specific sign on a specific house it's more like the approach you bring to your job yes I am yeah and that's so important to remember like throughout this whole episode <laughs> so just keep that in mind it's kind of like you're the sum part of all those factors and there's so much you could get into there but yeah this will give you that um approach to career for sure okay okay Next up would be air sign workhouses. So this applies to you if you're a Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn rising. All of your workhouses, second, sixth, and tenth, are going to be in air signs. Yeah. Okay. So these, if if this is you, it's a lot about being really driven by exchanging ideas, wanting to be social on the job, kind of feeling like you have um, this need to communicate what's inside of you and share that in your career through what you're contributing yeah like a lot of enjoying maybe writing or exchanging information and speaking or handling numbers and data like that would definitely play into maybe air workhouse interests also like needing a lot of everyday variety at work I see this a lot with people that can't make up their mind about what job they actually want it's like I have all these interests I can't commit to just one so maybe jumping back and forth between a lot of career interests and sometimes it's like well you're taught kind of as a kid like you need to have this one interest and be successful at it when that really doesn't work a lot of the time for people with air workhouses 
Mm, yeah, you need more fluidity. And I was going to speak to this when we get to water workhouses too. I feel like air and water definitely need more fluidity and variety in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else do we have to say about air houses? Yeah, I'm maybe, like... <laughs> maybe I'm lingering a bit more on the importance of communication I feel like it's so important whether that's written words or speaking or being a really good listener or you know wanting to communicate in some way through your career and making sure that you're utilizing that gift yeah also being able to see like maybe career niches or certain like innovations you can make within your work that other people haven't really tapped into yet especially because like Aquarius is ruling one of your workhouses and that's such a like future oriented um having these big visions about what's next so that will play into maybe some element of your work Mm, yeah yeah definitely the innovative piece with with the air workhouses is really important. Like just having a lot of ideas and wanting to communicate that or in some way just be able to share new ideas. Really, that's that's a huge mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. I see there. Also still having that element of like space and being able to, I mentioned like having a lot of variety, but also having like physical space at work, like maybe working at odd hours or jumping around and like running errands in the middle of the day, like needing that constant like, I can't be trapped here and controlled and made to do, Ooh, made yeah. to answer emails all day. Okay. And I, just as an example, I was thinking just to kind of make this more concrete, like Jim Carrey, for example, I always mm-hmm. feel like I bring him up as an example, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he has air workhouses and I feel like the expressive nature that he embodies throughout his work really is a great example of of the potential there of like one manifestation how he's so expressive and how he has jumped around like he's no longer in acting you know so being able to be flexible and not make yourself wrong for that is really important too yeah flexibility also um just acting like that's such a career where it's all about like words and how you're communicating them yeah, or if it's not acting, like, because obviously not everyone, like, has yeah. air houses in your nectar. But, like, I do agree that might be a strength if you want to go into acting or mm-hmm. you might feel like in your job you kind of take on that role of being able to communicate really, really clearly or, you know, yeah. in different ways. Okay, that is definitely good on air workhouses. So finally, we would have water workhouses. So this would apply to you if you have Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius rising. Your second, sixth, and tenth house are all going to be in water signs. Yeah, so this is the one that I have as well. <laughs> and um, How do you see that come through? <laughs> I feel like I'm so emotionally just connected to what I do or being of service is so important to me. I get so emotional about what I do. And I, if my heart isn't in something, it bores me to death. Like I have to have really deep love and passion for, for what I do. And I have to have deep connections. Yeah. Like I noticed when you started to like fall out of interest with your last job, it was like affecting you emotionally and you just like (laughs) didn't even want to go in even though. Oh yeah. Like maybe if you had had a different element sign on your chart, like you would have just been like, well, this is my work and I'm going to go in every day. But like you, it was like affecting you, your mood entirely. Oh my gosh, so much. So being super emotional about work if you have this, but also I feel like just needing to have that connection and you'll notice so clearly (laughs) if you Mm -hmm. no longer are interested in what you do, it really does take an emotional toll for sure. Mm -hmm. I like that part you said about being of service, like definitely needing to feel like you're connecting with other people on an emotional level. So that might be actually being in a service related job, like where you're giving someone advice or helping them through their problems. Or it may just be like feeling like you have an emotional connection to your coworkers and they feel like family to you and it's a happy place to show up every day, but really feeling like your emotions are involved with what you do. Yes, being of service or healing, I see that a lot with this, like healing arts of some sort. I I mean, like every job I've ever had, the reason why I wanted to do it was because I felt like it had some element of service. Like before this, my nine to five was teaching little kids or teaching kids who didn't know English. And I felt like helping them to integrate into a school and seeing them make friends was so 
meaningful to me you know like I really Mm -hmm. saw the impact so that's definitely a part of that yeah I see this a lot with like doctors too um like people that just like are helping others yeah and and feeling like in another sense too, the healing aspect of that coming through in a more concrete way of like physically sometimes even helping yeah yeah Okay, I feel like we need to move on to question number two because this has been really <laughs> yeah. long. That Sorry, guys, that, that'll be the longest answer we have for one of them. <laughs> the next one will be like rapid answer questions. Yeah, rapid yeah, fire. Comparatively. Um, so question number two is someone asks, I've heard both the 10th house and the 6th house described as houses of work. What's the difference? Yes. Okay, so I feel like the most simple way of putting this, and I love that we just spoke of service And now we're talking about this, but sixth house is service, 10th house is career. And I know that that's simplified, but if you're really new to astrology, that's a great way of getting your foot in the door to Mm -hmm. understanding it. I also think of sixth house as just like the daily tasks you have to do to accomplish like what you need to do for that day at your work so it can Mm -hmm. often be kind of like those boring mundane tasks that you're assigned (laughs) or like those responsibilities you have to do to pick up the slack for your coworkers, or just like really owning in on like and perfecting like your everyday skills at work so oftentimes it's like I call it the house of busy work um but yeah it can also be like Maxine said service and giving back to other people too whereas the 10th house is more like recognition you're getting from your job um and also like your bigger career ambitions and like what is your long-term vision with work and what what do you what's like meaningful to work towards yeah like 10th house is very much what do I want to contribute to the world what's going to be my you know impact or like the footprint I don't know if it's footprint like leaving your mark on the world that kind of thing Yeah, like 10th house is definitely more about like bigger ambitions and career dreams where 6th house is like just the daily stuff you have to do. Yeah, and I mean, obviously everyone, like you're listening to this podcast, you're going to have a 6th and a 10th house. So it's important to look at both for both those pieces. I do notice when giving readings, if you have a bigger emphasis on the 6th versus 10th, it can show up really obviously in the type of work you're drawn to and like the reason behind doing what you do. Like for me, I really, I mean, obviously everyone likes to be recognized. I'm not saying that, but like Mm -hmm. I have a stellium in the sixth house and my moon is there. And I just love that feeling that you're being of service to others. That's what really does it for me. Yeah. Also, like I feel like sixth house is such a tie in with physical health and wellness too, that sometimes, like you said, if someone has a ton of planets there, maybe they turn like physical health and wellness into their career, like being a yoga teacher or um, a nutritionist, something like that. Yeah. And sixth house too, what I see a lot is, and I've noticed this for myself, it's really fulfilling when you pick a skill. If you have a big emphasis on the sixth house, a skill that you can do and kind of like really lean into and master and then share with the world to help other people in some way, that might be something to lean into if you Mm -hmm. have that. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so moving on to question number three, someone says, I have my midheaven in the 11th house in Scorpio, and I can't figure out how to interpret it. What does it mean to have your midheaven in the 11th? And then we also got another question shortly after we organized all these questions, and it was asking about what it means to have their midheaven in the 12th house. So because we use whole sign houses, um, we wanted to go over what it means because the midheaven's not always going to be in the 10th house when you're using whole sign houses. Yeah. And so your midheaven could be in a lot of different houses, not just the 10th. And I think the easiest way to explain why that works in astrology is it's almost like, yes, the 10th house has to do with career as we just talked about, but the MC where that angle's located is that extension of 10th house themes into a different house, a different area of your life. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's still going to be like super important and wherever, whatever house it's in, whatever house it's located in, it's going to bring those themes of that house into your career. So 
going back to this question, like Midheaven in the 11th house, it's going to bring 11th house themes of like group, networking, friendship, having an audience into what you do for work. So I see this sometimes with people who literally collaborate with their friends. Maybe like they start a podcast together with their friends and they make money and they're sharing money with the people that they've drawn into their circle. Or it could be that their friends are constantly... um connecting them to new career opportunities or maybe there's someone that has like a huge audience for their work and they have a lot of group activities or community events tied into their job yeah community is so important and if it's not directly associated with their job i'll notice a lot of philanthropists will have that like warren buffett has has that aspect and he's given billions back you know so It's Mm -hmm. interesting to see how that falls into place. And I would also add like humanitarian causes or even um, social work and some of like wanting to improve the community in a wider sense too. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the other person that wrote to us about Midheaven in the 12th house, that's definitely very rare. Like we almost never see that because you have to be born pretty high, high up, like in a Northern part of the world or very, um, or a very Southern part of the world. Uh, I think that person was born in Alaska. Yeah, but yeah, but 12th house, it would just bring in those 12th house themes of like maybe spirituality, um, wanting to selflessly give back and help people. Um, Also themes of, I said spirituality, I would also say, um, I feel like therapy and stuff like that falls into the 12th house too, like mental health. So maybe there's an interest in that in what you do for your career. Yeah, and I would say also too, like whereas 11th house is a lot more focused on community and groups of people and friends, 12th house is does require some degree of secrecy or discretion or I'll see this in charts like where they're dealing with something that society doesn't really want to acknowledge or deal with. Mm. So like mental health, great example, like spirituality, it's something you can't like grasp onto and kind of a little bit shrouded in mystery. Um, mm-hmm. or also just people who love to work alone <laughs> and love to just yeah, spend, that's a good do one. that by themselves. Like a private career. Yes. Yeah, totally. So those are some takeaways for if you have your MC in the 11th or 12th. And then just another common one, because I know we'll get questions if we don't talk about it, is Midheaven in the ninth house would just be bringing in <laughs> themes yeah. of maybe like writing and publishing, um, are really important to your work or also teaching um, or having spirituality like astrology is so much tied into the ninth house too I see a lot of astrologers like you Maxine with a yeah. ninth house <laughs> midheaven yeah definitely um, and I think teaching for me specifically like I see that a lot or wanting to mentor things like that where you're sharing those ideas in like a bigger way so yeah All right, so next question. What does it mean if you have a stellium in a career or workhouse, but you consistently struggle with work or career? Yeah, so this person um, gave their chart information too. They said they have a huge Capricorn stellium in their 10th house, which involves a lot of planets like Venus, Moon, Mm -hmm. more, most importantly, Saturn. And I'd also say North Node's not a planet, but it's also there. So when we're looking at this question, it's really important to take into consideration what planets are in that career and workhouse and also what sign rules them. Because the fact that like Saturn is in this person's workhouse and it's also ruled by Capricorn, anything with those two placements in it um, or either of them is there's going to be kind of a delay with it or maybe a lot of like fear or anxiety or like self-imposed restrictions related to that part of life. So it definitely brings those sat- like Saturnian themes of maybe holding yourself back sometimes or being afraid to take a risk into the career. Yeah. Yeah. So really important that you notice sometimes stelliums can be really helpful. You know, if all you have to look at the specific planets involved. Yeah, so it makes so much sense that this person would struggle with career based on what is involved in that stellium. Yeah, and I would say, though, based on that, without getting too into too much detail of like the specific planets, knowing that if you have Saturn involved in a stellium, if you have more generally like outer planets, they can be kind of trickier to lean into, but they do get a lot easier over time, especially Saturn in this instance. And same with North Node, it's like South Node, maybe that 
that part of your life comes really naturally, but North Node definitely is, can feel very scary at times. Like I'm, I don't want to lean into that part. Like that's not what I'm used to. So North Node takes a few years of your life to develop. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can confirm North Node in my sixth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so also I wanted to add, because I actually have Saturn in my 10th and it's the traditional ruler of my midheaven. So I feel very connected to this question, but basically when you do have, have that, it's, it's something that you're coming into later in life and it's not like that struggle is for nothing like just kind of explore that a little bit more and see how with Saturn especially you might ease up on yourself like I know personally I can be really hard on myself when it comes to career (laughs) so it's really helpful to see how I can just allow in a little bit more Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't even, it's like hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. It's like yeah. how I feel about relationships. I just feel like yeah. when um, Saturn is in a workhouse or Capricorn rules a workhouse or Aquarius because Saturn rules both of those signs, um, career becomes like very heavily addressed at the Saturn return. And it's often like you come into yourself in your career at that time or you suddenly realize like this is what I'm meant to work towards if that's felt very confusing up until then yeah and I would say to that I I guess the point I wanted to make too the struggle involved is so valid because I felt that for so long like everyone knew when they were younger what they wanted to do it felt like I know that's not true but that's how it felt to me and then when I had Saturn aspect my midheaven that was really when I was like oh I have so much clarity I know what I want to do So Mm -hmm. obviously that's still evolving for me, but I think that's when I found astrology and found a lot more fulfillment. So the struggle will not be here forever, basically, if you're willing to investigate it more. Yes. Love that. Um, Okay. Question number five is the complete opposite. So this person asks, what does it mean when you have no planets in your 10th house? So we've gone from someone who has almost all their planets in the 10th to someone that has none. So as we've like mentioned here pretty often, um, even if a house is like empty, it's not actually empty in your chart because you always have a sign ruling that house and there's a planet associated with that sign that's located somewhere else in your chart. Um, I think two episodes back, if you want to go back to the show notes for that episode, we listed out every single sign of the zodiac (laughs) and the planet that rules that sign. So first you're going to want to locate what sign rules my 10th house and where does the planetary ruler of that sign fall in my chart? Like maybe you have, um, let's say, what's a good example? Maybe you have like a Sagittarius 10th house. There's no planets in Sagittarius though, but Jupiter, the ruler of Sagittarius falls in your third house. So themes related to like writing and communication um, or like making online content or writing articles or doing podcasts, that would fall a lot into like maybe what your career interests are. Mm, Yeah. And so important to look at that and just, yeah, like keeping, I just want to really emphasize so often I'll get the question. I know you do too, Alice. Oh no, my 10th house is empty. Does that mean I'm doomed in career? And that's definitely not the case. So definitely just keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also like your 10th house, there there will be transits through there constantly, whether it's just the moon going through your 10th house for two days every month or Saturn going through there for three years every 30 years. Like you're going to get opportunities where 10th house themes are really a huge focus for you for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And I have to give this example because I actually was just randomly looking at his chart the other day. Um, but Steve Jobs has an empty 10th house and it's in oh Gemini. God. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's in Gemini. Okay. It has something maybe to do with communication. But when you look to see the ruling planet of Gemini, which is Mercury, that's located in his sixth house of Aquarius. So mm. his career path literally involves communication and exchanging ideas to serve others in innovative ways like you know it's like crazy and Aquarius is like literally associated with technology yes so I I just had to give that example because it it really can help if you look to that and if you're feeling like you need some direction career-wise I can't even tell you how helpful looking at your birth chart can be (laughs) 
Yeah, so always check the ruling planet. And that goes for like any, besides the 10th house, like check the ruling planet of your second or your sixth as well. Like where is that located? It's always going to give more clues. And that's why the whole birth chart is so important to take into consideration for career. Yes, for like the fifth time, just to Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But really it is. Okay, so enough of that. Now we're going to move into transits for our last, um, our last couple questions. Yes. So first, um, question number six is what transiting planets have the most impact on career changes and opportunities? Um, so this would be like, we're going to talk about transits that occur when there's usually a bigger career shift. So like maybe changing fields or getting that huge, like breakthrough moment in your career, um, or starting like an entirely new job altogether. Yes. And so obviously there are a ton that we've seen. Um, So if you don't have one of these, don't get bummed. There are other ones, but um, maybe let's, let's start by talking about eclipses just with eclipses around the corner too. I think it's really important to see how that could bring some change for career. I feel like when eclipses start shifting over into a career part of your chart. um, So right now that's going on for all fire risings, Leo, um, Sagittarius and Aries risings, you're having the eclipses happen in the work parts of your chart. Um, but that's often like very telling of career changes coming and there's going to be a shift in like what you want to be doing either long-term with work or you want to be making more money or you want to start something of your own, or maybe it just could be like you have a bigger job change where you're moving companies, even if you're still staying in the same field. So eclipses happening in the 10th in the six specifically, I see that a lot. Um, when someone changes jobs or changes careers, I would also say eclipses in the second, but that's more of just like either wanting to maybe start a business of your own or getting a more significant raise or promotion. It's not always like your whole career path is changing at that time. Yeah, I think sometimes too with eclipses, I would say the first eclipses, like if we're thinking about Taurus Scorpio eclipses, those have begun like just briefly since, you know, November 2021 and they're going all the way through October 2023. So like if you're thinking right now, well, you know, this is true for me and I don't see that happening right now, just wait and hold off and see because sometimes the first eclipses can be a bit of workshopping different things and feeling a bit unsettled because shift is happening, change is happening. So being patient with that. Yeah. And even if you haven't started seeing it happening, happening already, you probably already feel this like desire within yourself of I want a new job. Like I'm kind of yeah. sick of what I'm doing right now or um, my job is not Like there's no room for growth here. I need to start looking elsewhere. So usually you already are feeling it in advance of it happening. Yeah. And so personal example, when, when I first actually got into astrology, so I was still working at my nine to five and then an eclipse happened, um, with like that triggered my midheaven. And Mm -hmm. that was the beginning of me getting into astrology in a really big way. And then It wasn't immediate, but it took some time. And then when another significant transit came, happened for me. Yeah, I would say like that's what sets apart the eclipses happening on the midheaven or also in the 10th house. But I feel like the midheaven is so sensitive to eclipses um, is kind of like bigger shift with what you want to be doing long term with career. So that was like you beginning that transition to astrology. I'm definitely noticing with eclipses taking place near my midheaven throughout this whole year, like I am very much, even though I'm still staying an astrologer, there's bigger shifts with what I'm doing and like what my long-term vision for my career is. Love that. And I I don't know if you mentioned this, Alice, but eclipses to the first house as well, because that mm-hmm. was when I actually was so fed up with my job, I just quit. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, those are really great for actually having the confidence being triggered to do a break like that. What I notice a lot is when there's eclipses going across the first and seventh house for like a two-year period, right at the end of that eclipse cycle, as they're finishing up in the first and seventh houses and transitioning into the 12th and sixth, so it would be affecting the sixth house, um, that's when I really see like that work change go into effect. It's like all those new 
I don't know, like a new sense of identity or new hobbies and interests are formed with the first house eclipses. And then they're applied to changes that go on with work when they shift to the sixth house. Yeah, those are so huge. They deserve their own episode as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then also we wanted to touch on, again, not covering everything, but Saturn and Jupiter transits specific to the 10th or the 10th house or midheaven can really, really impact career and help you to kind of see more specifically with Jupiter where there's growth to be found and opportunities might come your way more easily. Or also um, if Saturn's aspecting that, it will help you to kind of see what do I need to leave behind or what do I need to set a boundary up with or something so that way you can really be more more focused on what you want long-term or where Mm -hmm. you really want to grow and to be an expert in or something like that. Yeah, definitely with Saturn and Jupiter to the midheaven, probably like very noticeable, but also like Saturn and Jupiter going through the sixth house as well. Saturn through the sixth would be like restructuring work and wanting to find a new job because maybe you feel like you don't really fit with what you've been doing up until that point. And then Jupiter going through the six would be a lot of like positive work opportunities coming up or the ability to finally grow and get something where you're learning more from day to day. Yeah. And I would definitely, um, I mean, we kind of touched on that there, but sometimes those transits can come through an ending or a clearing out of something else. So that way you can make room for what you actually want. Yeah, like Saturn to the midheaven can be like really stressful with work. Like can sometimes <laughs> can be confirm. like a li- can sometimes be like someone getting laid off. Um, don't want to scare anyone, but like it's not always like all fun and games. Um, but the point of that is to restructure like what what is my career direction now? What am I really passionate about? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So do we want to kind of talk about the the Question number seven is what transits occurred in your own charts when you both shifted into astrology? So maybe this is a good transition from just kind of giving you Yeah, to see how it like played out in real time. Um, So we talked a few about like bigger career shifts that would happen with certain transits. That definitely happened for both of us. Maxine, you mentioned one when you got into astrology. For me though, it was definitely six house eclipses. So I got into astrology with first house eclipses, changed jobs with the first set of six house eclipses. And then at the same time, Uranus was exactly on my midheaven line. So we didn't mention Uranus. Yeah, we didn't mention like the other outer planets like Pluto, Neptune, Uranus. Um, Those can definitely bring up. Yeah, those can definitely bring up a lot of change and transformation within career, but they usually need to be triggered by another Jupiter, Saturn, or eclipse transit going on at the same time. So like, yes, I had Uranus in my midheaven, but it really got triggered by Saturn entering my sixth house and the eclipses shifting to my sixth house at the same time. So that was really huge of like total career change. Also Uranus on my midheaven is like needing to be your own boss, needing to be independent and like go off in a completely different direction with work. So there was no way I could stand working for someone when Uranus hit the midheaven. Okay, but also you quit your job to become an astrologer, which is ruled by Uranus. I know you don't use like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. True, true, true. (laughs) Also, it just like brought in it brought in like the sixth house themes as well, like the Saturn and the eclipses in the sixth house at that time. Six House is about like doing work for other people and like serving other people. And it was very much like me doing readings for other people and helping them through their problems. Like that's a perfect Six House example. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the service element of it. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, I feel like at that time you were just like, I don't find meaning in what I was doing anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the six 12th House eclipses are definitely like, I want to change jobs because I need a better work-life balance or I need something that has a deeper meaning. Yeah, I literally, the other day I gave a reading to someone who said that exact same sentence. And it was like, just because she had eclipses in her sixth house and at like wanting to quit a job to have deeper meaning. And I'm just- so interesting. Yes. Okay, so, and another thing that I had, I know I mentioned a couple transits already that triggered me changing career-wise, but when I had my Mars return, that was also a big trigger for changing jobs, and 
shortly like around the same time that I quit I had the full moon in cancer exactly square my natal mars and I think that was a time where I was just so sick of my job that I couldn't stay there anymore I was gonna say like you had Jupiter and Saturn quickly both of them yeah. quickly approaching your midheaven like that's like a textbook like we do, we talked about both of those like Saturn is like a break from like a literal break from like what you have been doing with career and restructuring work from there on out. Um, so it like added on this huge like stress at the job you were in in order for you to get to look at it more closely and be like, I'm not happy here. I want to have a career change. And Jupiter also approaching the midheaven in early 2021 was like, I need the freedom. I need to have more growth um, within your career. Yeah, you're so right. And also, I think why it affected me more immediately was because it was exactly squaring when I quit. It was exactly squaring my natal moon as well. So it was just a lot of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. feeling really sick of something really frustrated. And I definitely feel like in that last job, I overstayed my my time there. So so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there has to be like definitely a combination of factors going on, which was apparent for both of us. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that is a little bit about bigger transits that you can expect for bigger shifts in career or opening up new opportunities that way. And someone else asked, though, for our last final question, what are transits for raises, promotions, recognition in your current role? So much info is out there on career changes or bigger shifts, but not the tiny ones within your job. Yeah, so little more minor transits that I would look at throughout the year, even if I don't see that it's going to be a year where someone's going to have a big job change. I'll tell them to look out for the seasons when the sun goes through the second, sixth, and tenth house. So yeah, when the sun goes through those houses, there will always be a new moon or a full moon taking place at that time. Um, and so that will just bring about like greater developments within career and just having that be the focus for that month-long period. So maybe it's not that you change jobs or change career paths completely, but you may get like a little pay raise or you may get like an unexpected responsibility that you um, that you really wanted. Yeah, exactly. And like, I know a lot gets talked about eclipses and eclipses are a lot in a lot of ways like supercharged new and full moons but new and full moons can be so powerful I mean I do moon circles because of this but um honestly if they fall close to natal planets that's something to look out for if it's in career workhouses it can be really really felt deeply and create a lot of shift yeah so pay attention to the we talked about like the element that's on all of your work sign houses pay attention to when it's the season of those signs so like as a leo rising all my work houses are in earth signs so i'm always going to pay attention to virgo taurus and capricorn seasons i'm just going to know that that's going to be a busier time with work where i'm bringing in more opportunities or having more go on there yeah or even a great time too if you're not seeing a ton of momentum to focus your manifesting there to kind of rethink that or clear any blocks that might be limiting you so um yeah, specifically to like that, that would be new moons occurring there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I meant to like clarify that when I said the new moon, full moon. The full moon would yeah, be when I it's like the it. season opposite. So like yeah. if your 10th house is Aries, then during Libra season, when it's actually your fourth house season, there would be a full moon in your 10th house. So like the seasons of the workhouses, but also the seasons opposite them, if that's yeah. not too confusing. no it totally makes sense (laughs) and I think also too like that's why manifestation is so important or like you said Alice focusing on career during workhouse seasons because you already have that momentum building with the new moon taking place like new beginnings in in work you know yeah um also like some other just a couple more transits we would see with maybe more like smaller Career changes would be Mars going through a workhouse. Um, so yeah, Mars going through the second, sixth, or tenth. And then also periods of Mars retrograde would be like very intense. Like you mentioned having your Mars return back in 2020 when you quit your teaching yeah. job to become an astrologer, but that was also a Mars retrograde. At the same time it was a Mars return. So extra powerful, but um longer stay there too, which is why it's so helpful. 
Yeah, like so for instance, all the Mars retrograde in Gemini coming up, everyone with a um, Earth sign rising, so Virgo, Capricorn, and Taurus rising, that Mars retrograde is happening in an Earth Sorry, that Mars retrograde is happening in a workhouse for you. So the next six months or so are going to be so much about re-strategizing maybe within your career or figuring out how to get to the next opportunity there. Yeah. And so like I would say too, if if that is you with the retrogrades, definitely reflect, like let, let yourself, if you feel confused, stay with the confusion long enough to actually come out the other side, having rethought it a little bit, what you want out of a career more long term. Yeah. And like same with Mercury retrograde, like when Mercury retrograde's happening across the workhouses um, for a two year period, there's often kind of like a bigger emphasis on work and either fixing things there or just having more developments happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, that's important. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have anything more to say than like that is important. And this is a very <laughs> long episode. <laughs> okay, so that is all the questions we had for yeah. today. I feel like we gave a pretty in-depth look at career <laughs> astrology. Hopefully you guys got a lot of got a lot got a lot out of this I can't talk anymore (laughs) I know um but yeah hopefully you did and thank you again we just want to say thank you so much for giving us these questions I know um I mean like this episode wouldn't even exist if you weren't listening to it and sending in those questions really helped us to find find some good ones to answer so thank you again yes see you guys next week bye bye Yeah.